Grace of Giving, Part 3 The Promise Life in All Its Fullness Chapter 13 Fullness of Life And you know you've been given full life in union with Him. Colossians 2 verse 10 In Part 1 of this book we took a closer look at Jesus' warning against the ways of the thief. We learned that not stealing is merely obeying the law. Fulfilling it in love is the next step. Jesus requires our action. In Luke 6 verse 38, he teaches us to become givers in order to receive the full measure back. His revolutionary teachings go against our human reasoning. In order to receive, we have to give first. In order to find, we have to lose. If we want to be first, we must become last. The way Jesus turns common sense upside down and inside out sounds almost odd. It seems everything is always different from what we thought it to be in the first place. We have to keep adjusting our thinking. In part two of this book we saw how Jesus has set an example in giving. He gave his life for us so that we can have a life in all its fullness. He didn't say, do this and that, and then I will give you full life. We can never do anything to deserve that eternal life. It is grace that makes it accessible to us. Life in all its fullness is a gift from God to mankind. We also notice that although this life is accessible for all God's children, we do not always experience it. We have to operate in that same grace in order to really experience what God has in mind for us. Reading John 10 verse 10 without reading the rest of Jesus' teachings would give the wrong picture. When Jesus promises us a life in all its fullness, we are not supposed to sit on the couch and wait for it to come. If that were true, we would all have experienced it a long time ago. Putting our faith in that promise means we need to activate our faith. Jesus spoke boldly about faith in John 14 verse 12 when he said, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. He didn't say, anyone who has faith in me needs to wait patiently for it to work. He clearly tells us to do what he has been doing. Within the context of our subject, that means give and it will be given to you, whether it's time, money or love. I want to emphasize the fact that we cannot do anything to deserve the promised life in all its fullness. It is by grace that we receive it. But in order to operate within that life and experience it to the full, we need to be in action. Let's say you have inherited a thousand acre property. It's yours. You have the ownership. In order to find out what kind of surprises the property has in store for you, you need to explore. Just staying at the entrance gate and telling everyone you own the place is not experiencing the full ownership. You merely acknowledge it. You will have to explore the property to find out if there are forests, lakes or mountains, if there is a place to develop, if there are trails to hike, if there is fruit to pick, etc. You have to start moving around the property. In the same way, we can only experience a life in all its fullness if we decide to start moving around. Just quoting that scripture will not bring us into the experience. Now Jesus did not require any special qualifications from us to enter that life. 
But we have seen in chapter 3, however, that anyone who tries to enter the sheep pen in in some other way than Jesus' way is a thief and a robber. We must leave the way of the thief behind and be willing to become givers, following in Jesus' footsteps. That could have been the end of this book. I simply translated the letter of the Old Testament commandment into the new way of the Spirit. No longer does God command us, but the Spirit urges us from the inside out to fulfill the law in love. We have been warned against the ways of the thief. We received his grace. Amen. End of story. No. Jesus adds the promise of a full life. What in the world does he mean when he talks about a life in all its fullness? I would like to keep this as simple as possible. According to the Bible, a human life consists of three elements, spirit, soul, and body. We can find that in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, where it says, May the God who gives us peace make you holy in every way and keep your whole being, spirit, soul, and body, free from every fault at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our whole being is threefold. It's not surprising that we consist of three different elements, yet we are one person. God himself is three, namely Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and yet he is one. Genesis 1 verse 27 tells us that God created human beings, making them to be like himself. That's awesome. We will therefore look at fullness of our spirit, our soul, and our body. What does the Bible teach us about that? First of all, the Bible makes it clear we have been given fullness in Christ. Whatever worldly things we try to do to reach fullness will fail, because we can only get it through our relationship with Jesus. Fullness of life is a gift from God to mankind. We can never do anything to deserve it. It's grace. However, we must activate that promise in our lives. Let us start with the fullness of our spirit. For most people, it is difficult to explain what our human spirit is. After all, a spirit is something supernatural, something invisible. Quite often, the human soul gets mixed up with the human spirit. The soul and the spirit must be close, maybe even tied together, because the Bible says soul and spirit meet. You can read that in Hebrews 4 verse 12. Now, that's a very interesting thought. Could it be that our soul interferes with our spirit? Could that be the reason we sometimes find it hard to tell if it's our soul or our spirit speaking in us? Is the so-called inner voice our soul or our spirit? Many interesting books have been written about the soul and the spirit of man. I leave it up to you to further study the subject. I'm not going to give Greek and Hebrew explanations either. In the next chapter... I simply want to explain what the Bible teaches us about the fullness of our spirit. Meditate on the following. What do I know about God? And what does my spirit tell me about myself? Journal your thoughts 